Hello, and welcome to Hey Habersham, the podcast. I'm your host, Peter Madruga. You're listening to episode three. It is great to see more and more listeners subscribing to the podcast. We're so glad you're here with us. If you'd like to subscribe, please visit heyhabersham.com. Put in your email address, and you'll get notified whenever new episodes drop. And we've got a number of great episodes that we don't want you to miss. Hey Habersham is a part of Habersham Education and Research. You can find us online at heyhabersham.com. Our goal is to preserve the history of Habersham. And for that, we need your help. If you have any historical photos or artifacts that you can share with us, please email us at heyhabersham.com. While you're at it, let us know what you think. Tell us what you like about our podcast. Send us a suggestion for a topic or a special guest. We'd love to hear from you. Send your thoughts to feedback at heyhabersham.com. Now, today's guest has been spreading the word of God through his ministry and over the airwaves for 70 years. He sat down with us recently to talk about his life and his career. If you've been around Habersham for a while, you know him well. It is my pleasure to introduce the Reverend Billy Burrow. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is a pleasure to have you. And I'm uh, especially honored to be on this broadcast with you. And uh, whatever we can do to share and uh, to glorify our Lord, uh, that's my intent and purpose. What came first, your ministry or broadcasting? Uh, My ministry was the beginning of things and later on the broadcasting. And how did you start into the ministry? What was your inspiration? Did you have a calling to go into the ministry? Yes, I did. Uh, it's rather unusual, and I don't mind repeating it. Uh, we must go back to the fact that my grandmother lived with my family for a number of years before her death, and uh, she was quite an influence on my life. And to get down to the very fact of my call to the ministry, she was involved in that, probably in a negative way. And uh, the story goes like this, that my grandmother was the daughter of a Baptist preacher from way back in the hills. And uh, from there, uh, we moved to the fact that uh, she, she had to helped her father in many ways. He was illiterate and could not even so much as read his Bible. She would therefore be called to his side to read portions of the scriptures that he wanted to speak on at his next message. So she would read the scriptures to him, and uh, he had a very good mind of retaining what he heard even though he could not read. So after reading that and her assistance of her of her father, uh, she had a desire in her heart that she would have children that uh, would enter the ministry, and so she prayed very earnestly for that to happen. None of her boys ever experienced a call to the ministry, so she was disappointed that uh, moved over to the grandsons, and she prayed earnestly that one of her grandsons would uh, step forth for the ministry. 
And uh, this seemed to fall through. One example was my cousin, Zeb Burrow, was a bit older than me, and he was already in, in graduate school in his studies for a medical profession. Well, she writes to Zeb in disappointment of her own sons not preaching, and she said, Zeb, I, I think that since God has not called one of our my sons, I, I feel that maybe God would have you to enter the ministry. He responds in a letter, which was very essential in my calling. He wrote back and he said, Granny, uh, I have no call to the ministry. I feel that my ministry is in medicine and ministering to the medical needs of people. And therefore, Granny, I cannot, uh, I cannot say that I would enter into the ministry. I sat by her side as she read that letter, and great drops of tears coursed down her face at the time. Mm. And uh, I sat there and listened. I made no response at that time. Later, I came to Granny with a very deep feeling that since Zeb was not entering the ministry, that I felt that perhaps God would be interested in using me. So I told Granny, I said, Granny, I'm sorry Zeb didn't answer the call to the ministry, but he continues ministering through medical means. So therefore, Granny, I, I feel that God is calling me to answer your prayer and to be a minister. I have a deep conviction in my heart about that. So happens uh, that my early childhood, I did not speak very often. I sat around the family and the fireplace and listened to their stories, but I had very little to say. So, uh, Granny, <laughs> upon my announcement that I would answer the call to the ministry, she broke into a laughter. Oh. And she mockingly said, uh, Billy, you you can't enter into the ministry. You can't even carry on a conversation, son. You just sit silently and quiet. And uh, she made fun of my announcement, uh, well, feeling badly about it all. I went ahead for my call to the ministry. And Granny was still disturbed, and none of her grandsons were answering the call but me. So she was perturbed over that. And uh, so she passed on without ever hearing my first message. And uh, I, I suppose in heaven she has a big grin over that. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> uh, my brother, which was about uh, four years my junior, uh, felt a, also a call to the ministry. So both of us, being brothers, uh, I entered into uh, an announcement that I would uh, answer God's call to the ministry. And then uh, my brother uh, also answered that call at a very early age, in his late teens. So that's the way I entered into the ministry. It was through uh, this mishap that Granny's uh, sons or grandsons, neither would uh, be preachers. 
So I went ahead in preparation and and uh, did what I could in my home church at Tallulah Falls. And uh, so my brother also entered the ministry some few years later. So that was my entrance uh, into the ministry. And uh, I, I received a certificate uh, of acknowledgement by my church that I had answered the call to be a minister, but I was not ordained into it at that time. So that's the beginning of it, right there, the beginning of my ministry. Well, I'm so glad that you entered into the ministry. and It's a great story, and it's very inspiring. Well, to, I guess to complete it, I finished high school, and uh, then I went to Bob Jones University in Greenville, South Carolina, for four years of study, and uh, came out of there. While I was at the uh, university, I received a call. I was about 19 years of age now, and uh, I received a call from a church in Demarest, and uh, that was the Mount Carmel Baptist Church. And so, therefore, I entered in to the ordained ministry at that church, the beginning of my pastoral work. Nineteen. Now, I'm not familiar with um, how typically what age a person enters into the ministry. Is that young? Yes, sir, that's a, a bit young. I I guess I spoke my first message when I was about 16 or 17 years of age. Wow. Well, uh, connect the dots for me. You've told me about your ministry. At what point did you get approached to enter broadcasting, or did you approach someone else? Uh, I was uh, fascinated and interested in in the radio. Uh, I had an early interest even as a toddler. My family had a wind-up phonograph. And uh, I was fascinated with putting records on that thing, winding it up. And I was highly attracted to the possibility of playing music. And uh, so in my uh, church at uh, Mount Carmel, uh, the the pay was not adequate to cover my gasoline expenses and driving to and from. So I approached uh, the elders of the church and asked them if there's any way they could uh, raise my pay, which was very meager, if I would, uh, if I could have them raise that. And they immediately all said, "No, we don't. We don't have that much money." So they, it was back in those early days, around um, oh, I guess that was around 1950. Uh, that uh, I was asking them if they could help me on my travel expenses, and they declared no. It it was shortly after the Depression. And uh, so, therefore, I said, well, men, would you object if I took a second job? And uh, I had already been recording and putting my messages on the R.G. Eternal radio station in Tacoa, Georgia. Once a week, I, I would record my morning message and send it to them. 
And uh, through that medium, I, I it's a long story, so I'll cut it short. Uh, while I was uh, in and out of the radio station, I was fascinated with uh, the entire practice of broadcasting on the radio. So I inquired when one of the fellows left and went to another ob- ob- uh, object of study and uh, ministry, and he wanted to you know, be a radio announcer. So when he left, I asked him if he would mention to the fact of the manager that I would be interested uh, if uh, if the manager would let me have his shift and uh, begin broadcasting. And it agreed, uh, the manager of the station agreed, and he put me on on Monday mornings on the radio. And uh, he finally approved of my speaking and of my playing the music and uh so we had a preacher regularly on uh, every day and he he said to the manager that he needed a day off so uh the manager came to me and said would you like to have monday morning and fill in on the board i said yes sir i would so he put me on regularly every monday morning to fill that pastor's place, and I introduced him. And so I entered into the radio in that manner, and uh, I finally became uh, a regular feature on the Letourneau station, and uh, I, I began to be the announcer every morning in the week. And so I, I was introduced to broadcasting in that fashion, So uh, I asked the manager if it would be possible for me to uh, uh, have the pastor's resignation to have his place on the radio. So that's where Sunshine Melodies began. That was once a week I did Sunshine Melodies on the radio. And uh, then it grew from that to when I moved to Mississippi. I was off the air for a while, but I uh, gained the position at the Cornelius station and had my program uh, pre-recorded and mailed to the station while I was in Mississippi. And then uh, I came by WCON on one trip home and asked if they'd be interested in using my program. So... They put it on trial, and I got a good response for Sunshine Melodies. And uh, so ever since then, I've uh, I've been doing Sunshine Melodies. Wow. And that started uh, around 62, 1962 or so. Well, and I've uh, really... been on it ever since. <laughs> that's, and, an, uh, that's an amazing run. Uh, this is your 70th year of broadcasting, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And, and to think, uh, based on the stories that you told me, uh, were it not for just needing to survive and be able to make ends meet, right? you might not have even been on the airways as we know you today. That's correct, yes, sir. That's amazing. Um, uh, let me ask you, Sunshine Melodies, was that a name that you came up with? Uh, 
at the beginning at the R.G. Letourneau station, uh, when the manager agreed that he would put my program on on every Monday, uh, he said, well, what are you going to call it? And I told him, well, it would be a program of a, of sacred music and song and a, a scripture passage and and a devotional comment and maybe a prayer. And all, all of that would be the type program, and it would be mainly music and song. Well, he was favorable of that. So uh, he said, what are you going to call it? I looked down at <clears throat> an old 78 RPM record, as I was using mostly back then, and uh, and uh, I saw the, the fellow was playing Herman Voss, some people might remember Herman from long ago. He was a, a great musician, Christian musician. And he had a the title of the song that was on the turntable and I enjoyed so much was uh, Sunshine Medleys. And I thought it was <laughs> Melodies. <laughs> so we picked up the title of the program from Herman Voss's song, uh, Sunlight, Sunlight. <laughs> and therefore, it's hung with me through the years. <laughs> it was meant to be. Oh, that's, yes. That's great. Uh, let me go back just a little bit. You mentioned uh, you ended up in Mississippi. How'd you end up there? My brother at that time was in active ministry as an evangelist. Uh, he was not pastoring at that particular time. So he was uh, traveling throughout uh, the Mississippi area. In fact, he went to college in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, a Baptist college there. And uh, he uh, traveled around. In fact, he supported his uh, tuition at the school by being uh, an evangelist and having numerous calls to different churches to preach and uh, to uh, conduct revival services. And he went to Starkville, Mississippi, to preach there at a church for for one of his friend preachers. And uh, that preacher uh, then eventually uh, resigned and went to Memphis. And my brother still had made friends with a number of the church people there in Starkville at the Calvary Baptist Church. He recommended me to the uh, to the deacons and to the church, and they sent me a request and asked if I would come there and pastor the Calvary Baptist Church. So I put that on the prayer burner and began praying about that, and uh, they invited me to come and speak one weekend, and uh, I did, and they extended a call for me to become the pastor at Calvary, so I resigned at Demarest at the, uh, at the Mount Carmel Church. My wife and I, my new bride at that time, uh, we'd been married about six months or so, so we picked up and moved to Starkville and I pastored that church for some five years. And then I received a call back to North Georgia. And uh, I accepted that call under the Lord's leadership. 
and I pastored Harmony Baptist Church of Baldwin, Georgia, for five years. Uh, do you want to stop there, or you want to go to the last church? <laughs> no, let's go ahead. All right. I, I pastored at the Harmony Baptist Church of Baldwin, Georgia, for five years, and somewhere about 1961, I received a call to the Hazel Creek Baptist Church of Mount Airy, and uh, that was my wife's home church. She grew up as a girl there, and uh, I wasn't too favorable with going to a church in which uh, she had been a member all of her life. And uh, I told her, well, honey, I, I feel I ought to go, but I'm not sure we'll stay there long, maybe just a little while as a stepping stone to another church. Well, we came to Hazel Creek upon their request, and I preached for them, and they they graciously extended me a call to come, so I left Harmony Church and uh, came up to the Hazel Creek Church ministered there for 30 years <laughs> when I retired from pastoral work. <laughs> and uh, it was quite, quite a spe- uh, By the way, uh, it was a very successful pastorate at uh, Hazel Creek. We enjoyed growth and enjoyed the increase in the congregation and also in the, in the facilities of the church. And uh, there... I continued on as Sunshine Melodies, and which had become at the radio station manager's request to be, he wanted it seven days a week, hmm. of which I was having to record because I couldn't be at the station all that time every morning. <laughs> so uh, we we finally... After coming to Hazel Creek, we we were asked if we would uh, serve on the radio uh, some four hours each morning, beginning at 5.30. So I accepted that upon what I thought was the Lord's leadership. And uh, so I've been doing that ever since, even up until this past Friday <laughs> I was there. And uh, we've seen that ministry grow, reaching out. When I started on the the radio station in Cornelia, it was 250 watts. (laughs) (laughs) And it started growing. They added FM to it, which was just a secondary radio back in those days, and uh, stayed with them and continued at the Hazel Creek Church just four hours each morning, Monday through Friday. So uh, the manager had approached me from the radio station and said, I've lost my early morning man, said, uh, would you fill in for me for a while till I can get another one? Well, that's been all these many years, and I asked him recently, did you ever find anyone to fill this spot? (laughs) So so we've been engaged with uh, WCON ever since, and we grew from 250 watts AM, and then we uh, raised that to 1,000 watts day and night, and uh, then upon the, the Lord's leadership, 
our management went uh, up to, well, that was 3,000 watts on the FM, and they decided they liked the program. So uh, eventually they went from uh, 3,000 watts FM to 50,000 watts FM. Wow. Of course, the AM was at its peak at 1,000 watts. That's as high as it could go. And uh, we stayed at uh, uh, we stayed at that second power of FM, fifty thousand watts, until just a few years ago, uh, we were offered the opportunity of the station of going to a hundred thousand watts. And so that's where we are now, hundred thousand watts, and we're on the internet around the world. And uh, I've received uh, communications from people over in the Ukraine, and we received a uh, response for people on the radio uh, from, uh, from New Orleans, from California, from Texas. And so we're literally around the world now in every direction you can think of. We are, we're streaming live. So I, I've been blessed with a great number of wonderful people that join me every morning at 5.30, Monday through Friday. Well, that's a great story. And the two things that come to my mind is uh, twice in your life, what you thought was going to be temporary turned out to be a long career, right? <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> but, uh, the first time uh, being... Uh, Hazel Creek Baptist Hazel Church, Creek, yes, right. sir. That, you were going to do that mm -hmm. for six months, and that turned into 30 years. And <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> the radio station is going on since 1965. That's, uh, that's amazing. Uh, what I find touching is, uh, you know, in a ministry, uh, you can stand up in a church, and uh, what, what was the congregation size in Hazel Creek? Uh, we were running somewhere between two and three hundred uh, membership. And on the radio, uh, I mean, it's, it seems unlimited the number of lives yes. that you can touch and people listening to your message. It's, yes, uh -huh. that, that that's quite a uh, gift. One of my reasons for going on to radio, I felt that call to the ministry early to be a radio evangelist. And so the churches entered into that, four churches, and uh, they were part of my uh, support uh, through those years, my prayer, and, and uh, well, any way they could, the listeners. And we received mail and phone calls and so on from, from large numbers of people down through the years. Another thing that uh, that has brought forth I've uh, been privileged to be invited to numerous churches preaching in a revival service or just a single service and uh, numerous churches. And in the process of all of that, uh, many of my listeners have informed me that I do not have a church of my own and I don't attend a church regularly but you're with me every morning in my home and your ministry has touched me and changed my life. Mm. Uh, well, that's 
<laughs> that's a reward enough right there. I've had people who uh, were resistant to listening to a religious program. I remember one case in particular. There was a man in Demarest. His wife listened every morning before he went to work and had the radio going. And he detested that uh, Christian music and that uh, ministry of uh, witness on the radio that I was doing. So uh, he um, he insisted on turning the radio off, and of course he she would turn it back on. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I was informed that one day his heart was changed. He been rebelling all this time, and one morning he just knelt and prayed for God to save him. And that man uh, became a preacher himself. And for the rest of his life, he was involved in ministry. And uh, only a few years passed, he he and his wife passed away. But we have numerous uh, things like this that, that God has used the radio and the ministry together to to reach someone. And even families have been responding to this ministry as well. And that really has to touch your heart to know that you've played it a, certainly does. a positive role. Yeah. And but, being a, an announcer on the radio, another thing has happened. Well, of course, funerals. And I've had innumerable funerals because they've listened to me on the radio. And uh, some people say, well, I don't have a church. I don't have a minister. And the Undertaker will in question say, well, who do you want to speak at your service? And uh, many of them have said, with my name ringing in their ears all the time, I say, get Billy Burl. (laughs) (laughs) We have ministered to to bereaved families through the years through this ministry, too. Is that something you still do? I still do. I had a service last week the last one that I've had so far is sometimes two a week. And on one occasion I had in uh, the north side of Habersham County, uh, I I attended a funeral and conducted a funeral service. And that afternoon I had the, <laughs> I had a, a, a wedding to conduct. So I had to drive from the funeral to a wedding. <laughs> Uh, it's been quite a busy active ministry yeah well and at least you have happy occasions as well if you get to certainly yes and numerous uh, invitations as i said earlier to preach a single service or or to preach in a revival service i have in fact while i was at hazel creek uh, i had several calls calls out to uh Oh, Mississippi and surrounding counties out there uh, to preach, and also in the, uh, on beyond there. Uh, <laughs> I went some of the some of the states on out further toward toward the Mississippi River. Gosh, that could be a full time job uh, all by itself. Down to Florida and up to Virginia, and well, just all around. That hmm. that. That could definitely keep you busy. Uh, yes, 
uh, it has slowed down some since I've uh, already passed my 90th year, soon go into 91. And it, I don't do as much as I used to, and I don't travel quite as heavily. Yeah, uh, do you find that driving is uh, becoming more difficult for you? Well, it is with the increase in traffic. And so much traffic, of course, uh, I'm not as alert as once I was, so I have to be careful when I go out traveling, more so than I was before. Hey, let me ask you, um, for me... Uh, I've I've heard you use the term bootlegging the gospel, and for me, <laughs> true, yeah, and for me, uh, that term has a negative connotation, bootlegging. Yet I know that that's not how you mean it. How did you come up with oh, that right. term, bootlegging the gospel? Well, uh, I heard of bootleggers most all of my life. You know, the bootlegging uh, spirits, <laughs> and uh, it came to me that. Uh, I could enter in, I could have gone into full-time religious broadcasting or a Christian station, but I chose uh, by, I thought, God's leadership to enter into the commercial market and uh, be on that radio because of the earlier experience I told you about uh, some people would listen to me play country music, and I always filtered that so it was decent. And uh, he got to listening to me on the country music program while I was in Tacoa in my early days and uh, on the Letourneau station. And uh, he got to uh, listening to me, and he enjoyed what he was, uh, what he was uh, hearing. And he decided one day... He said, well, I'm going to listen to him and see what he talks about this Sunshine Melodies thing. So he tuned in on Sunshine Melodies, and God reached his heart, tendered it, and he became a Christian himself. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, so at that, I said, well, I can enter into a commercial radio, and from that place, I can, uh, you know, bootleg the gospel in between some country music. <laughs> <laughs> So that's where I picked up that term. Okay. <laughs> that's a great story. I understand you hold the record for the longest-running weekday radio show by the same host in North America. Yes, did you that's know, true. Did, as you broke that record, did you know you were approaching? Did anyone tell you that you were about to break it? Uh, I, I was I was told about the time it, it came out that, that uh, that was happening. And uh, I had a gentleman over in Anderson, South Carolina, that chased down my history and uh, knew all about these things I'm telling you. And he wrote, wrote for the Anderson Independent paper. And so it was quite a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're breaking records, and then the city of Cornelia on your birthday last year declared yes, sir. March 14th Billy Burl Day. Was that a surprise yes. to you? Uh, when I first heard of it, and it was a little bit before the occasion, when I first heard of it, uh, I, I was 
Well, just humbled and honored at the same time. And uh, quite a turnout of people. Uh, I have a big uh, board that they put up for guests to sign it in there. It's a huge board and full of names. I don't know where you could put another one in. <laughs> that is... uh, people that came by and visited with me. That's amazing. I- I'd love to see that board someday. Where well, do... I'd be glad for you to see it. Yeah, where do you keep it? Uh, it is here at my house. And, uh, of course, I have uh, numerous recognitions that uh, have been granted me from different organizations, especially the Everson County Chamber of Commerce and various other organizations around the county. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you, you've worked at the radio station, radio stations for going on 70 years. You've told me about your career as a pastor with, with all that you've accomplished, what motivates you to keep working? Well, daily I wake up and with a, well, I get up at about 3.30 in the morning and uh, make ready breakfast, uh, let my family sleep in. And uh, I leave about 5.10 to 5.15 in the morning and get there by 5.30 and uh, go on the air immediately at 5.30. And uh, I, I, I have a, an urge and a call. I was asked if I would not uh, just voice track the program or if I come in once a week and record every program for the week. And uh, I, I have rejected that because I have a, a tugging and a feeling when I go on the air of people tuning in then and listening. So uh, I've rejected the idea of recording and voice tracking. I'd rather be there in person. I have a feeling that there's someone that I need to be speaking to and the program ministering to. So uh, that's mainly the reason I'm up at it since I have... uh, uh, retired from being a DJ at the station. And uh, I still do all of my engineering. Uh, I take care of all that myself. Unless there's a technical problem, I have to call on someone to handle that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a calling, just like, uh, well, it's similar to the call that I had during my pastoral years of getting up every Sunday morning, I have a message from God and I have a feeling that I need to be there to fill that slot. Mm. So I have that feeling each morning. It's a driving force deep inside that here are innumerable people listening to uh, even uh, just the uh, radio coverage itself, and uh, not <laughs> mentioning the worldwide extent on the internet. So uh, I I have something that is a responsibility, and I need to be there. So that's why I get up every morning and make my journey to the radio station. And I'm glad you do. Uh, for me personally, 
you are that calming voice uh, when I listen. Uh, I just enjoy um, the tranquility that I get from listening to your message and the music that you play. So I can't speak for everybody, but that's, that's my personal enjoyment of, of listening to Sunshine Melodies. Thank you. I have credits that I need to issue. I, for many years, have been using what used to be the radio Bible class, which now is Discovery, and uh, they they send me their literature, a booklet of devotion, and I do use that every morning as a central thought. And uh, they always have something fitting for whatever the occasion is in that daily devotional booklet and uh, called Discovery. And uh, then uh, I owe so much more also uh, to the managers and operators of the radio station. Uh, They've provided this program uh, all these years, and I haven't had to worry about support for it. The station makes the time available, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, I do owe credit to Mrs. Bobby Foster, the uh, John Foster's wife and the Foster family that operates the station. I owe credit to them for airing this program every morning and getting it on the air for the people, and they have an interest in it spiritually as well as I do. And I appreciate their dedication to the message. Tell me, uh, what do you like to do in your free time? We've talked about your pastoral career and broadcasting. What about when you're not working? Well, well, uh, up until just the past year when my wife became ill and uh, passed away just five months ago as of now, and... uh, she, along with at my side, has been a faithful helper with uh, all the ministry and the churches. She's been a very effective worker, teacher, and and she she's very dedicated and committed and very organized. Where I'm not organized, <laughs> 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 and so I'm missing her ministry since she's departed. But. Uh, uh, I owe a lot of uh, of credit to be issued to to my wife and to my daughter. Now she's filled in her mother's place by ministering in every way she possibly can, and uh, she's a big help to me. That sounds like she is uh, a great blessing to you. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, let me ask you this: uh, when you think about all you've accomplished in your lifetime. What are you most proud of? Well, I'm I'm just thankful I had the opportunity that God bestowed upon me. And uh, I go in with a prayer all the way from home to the station every morning. And so that's, <laughs> that's the key spark plug to it all. And uh, God has blessed it, and I receive I receive blessing to know that God has used it in the way that he has. Okay. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to talk about? Oh, let's see. Uh, 
Oh, you you asked what I did when uh, I was not in the ministry. My wife uh, was a farm girl, and uh, after we came to Hazel Creek and uh, to the former church, well, the church, Hazel Creek, and even into the retirement years, uh, we grew a sizable garden. We loved to work with the soil and and grow uh, vegetables and things of the sort, which we shared with other people that didn't have, and we could let them have some of it. And uh, so, therefore, I did a good bit of gardening, running a tiller and tractor and mowing my own grass and taking care of things until recent years. So uh, I, I, I did want to mention that that is part of what I've done. Uh, and then uh, other things, I guess, working in a Bible school and different uh, functions of the church and uh, all of that uh, being a part of my days off from the ministry. What do you like the most about living in Habersham? Well, uh, I guess my wife would be one of the main things I was in Habersham. Uh, (laughs) But becoming pastor of the Mount Carmel Church and then of uh, the local church in Banks County and and then finally Hazel Creek Church, uh, all of that could have held me to Habersham County. Uh, my early beginnings, if I may double back just a bit, I was born just uh, north of the city of Dillard, Georgia. I'm not sure whether you're acquainted with that little town up in northeast Georgia. But uh, I was born there. My folks moved up into North Carolina shortly after my birth, and we were in that locale in uh, Scaly Mountain, North Carolina. Then we moved on up to Highlands, and we were in Highlands for, I guess, uh, my earlier toddler years. And then we moved down to uh, uh, down to Mountain City, and then another hop down to uh, Tallulah Falls. And uh, we rented a house at Shirley Grove, and uh, then from Shirley Grove, we came to uh, uh, over the Rabin County line again to the no- upper part of the Georgia Power at Tallulah. And uh, so all of that time, I was North Carolina, Georgia, then to, to Bob Jones University for four years, and then back to Habersham County at the Hazel Creek Church then to Mississippi, and then to back to Banks County. And I'm living now on property that my wife's father owned. And he deeded that to each of his children. We're living on about uh, five, six acres where we are now and built our home. And just across the way from where my wife was born. How about that? <laughs> so... Here we are, still uh, still at uh, Haversham County, and we've been well pleased. People have been very receptive of our coming and being here, and I'm happy and grateful for everyone. What one thing would you change about Habersham if you could? 
I would like to see them, uh, of course, as being an old man now, I'd like to see some of the earlier years of dedication and commitment when the church was the center of the community. And I'd like to see something similar to that, but I can't turn it back to that because of progress. And uh, we we have things in Habersham County that I'm displeased with, but I'm more pleased with it uh, than I'm displeased. Okay. So uh, that's what holds me here now is because my feet are anchored in the red clay of, <laughs> of North Georgia. I love the way you said that. Um, <laughs> I do. Um, Billy, it has been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, your stories are inspiring, and uh, I always enjoy hearing you on the radio. Thank you so much. Well, thank you uh, so much, too, for giving me the opportunity of sharing the fact that when I was a 12-year-old boy, I walked the aisle and gave my heart and soul to Jesus Christ. And we've been walking together up until this almost 91st year. Beautiful. And I must, must give God all the credit for the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I look back and I see every step. Once again, that was the Reverend Billy Burrell. I can't tell you how enjoyable it was to get to sit down and talk to him. I hope you enjoyed listening to his stories. Tell us what you think. What are your thoughts? Send an email to feedback at heyhabersham.com. As a reminder, part of our mission is to preserve the history of Habersham, and we do that with your help. Send photos, artifacts, or stories to feedback at heyhabersham.com. And that's our show. That's it for today. Thank you again for joining us. We look forward to having you with us again in two weeks. Have a great day.